you don't, I trust you know what it is. It's, it's, it's the battle for your mind that you think about the right thoughts, you think about God, except meditate upon God. And the other spiritual warfare, we're praying for the stronghold spiritually, mentally of the mind, says in 2 Corinthians, casting down the vain imagination. So it's, it's the stronghold in people's minds. There's Our country is beset with people who have strongholds in their minds against biblical Christianity, etc. And so we are praying to that end that Lord would cast those down. So question number one, what is it? What is it that binding Satan is supposed to accomplish? Is supposed to accomplish this. You want to jot it down? Binding Satan, it means his activity is limited, hindered, or prohibited in the sphere in which he is bound. That his activity is limited, hindered, or prohibited in the sphere in which he is bound. So if we're praying about a certain person or an area... All right, in your outline, for instance, a person might pray that Satan be bound from blinding a person to whom they wish to witness. I'm tell, I, you should pray, but Holy Spirit, please move in that person's life and keep Satan from distracting them. I, I, I see no problem with praying that. They are. But, but you, see, you see, if you've gone beyond what the Scripture says, that this, this practice goes beyond that. Some might pray that Satan would be bound for a certain event, like a worship concert or whatever, or a church service, or perhaps a geographical location, a new house, a neighborhood, a church, a workplace, a hotel room. With the belief that uttering such a prayer cripples, cripples Satan's ability to interfere or to enter. You are talking about trying to bind the number one strongest entity outside of God there is. That's Satan. He, he was the number one angel. Now, he's not in comparison to God. But of all the creation, he was probably the most powerful. He's been alive uh, around for at least 6,000 years. He has, uh, he has knowledge beyond us. He knows how to tempt people and even get them to sin when they didn't know what sin was. So to bind him, matter of fact, there's only one time in Scripture that we know that Satan is bound, which is where? Chapter? Twenty, chapter 20, first 10 verses. And why is he bound for how long? A thousand years, correct, in a big chain. And who is it? Is it some person like, like Gerald Womack goes and takes a big chain? No. It's an angel from God. And Michael would not even dare to, uh, to go against uh, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, when they're battling over Moses' body. Michael is the ar- only archangel we know for sure in Scripture by name. And so he doesn't even, he understands the, the, and so we have in Jude and Second Peter, they just go on and they speak evil of dignities without even knowing what they're saying. Example would be a TV evangelist, Robert Tilton, household name, but not one in a good sense. Robert Tilton said, praying on TV, Satan, you demonic spirit of AIDS and AIDS virus, I bind you. You demon spirits of cancer, arthritis, infection, migraine, headaches, pain, come out of that body. Come out of that child. Come out of that man. Satan, I bind you, you foul demon spirits of sickness and disease, infirmities of the inner ear and the lungs and the back. You demon spirits of arthritis, sickness and disease, you tormenting infirm spirits in the stomach. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Do all sicknesses come from devils? No. They don't. It's convenient, though, because we can't see. Well, you don't see them come out. 
We don't see them go in. So there's no, you see, if there was a, if you had to actually, when they said that, and the spirit came out and claimed their name, and we could watch them, we could see whether proof they were true or false. But since they don't, who knows, what come or go. How are you, how are you, how are you binding Satan when it, uh, things that are bound on earth shall be bound in heaven? How is Satan in heaven? We can go to Job. Sons of God appear before God, and Satan walks among them. But hasn't Satan been cast out of God's presence? So how is it we're saying, and what about loosing? The same phrase that says in just a moment, things that will be bound in earth will be bound in heaven, and things that will be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Is someone praying for him to be loosed? As I turn around, I bind him. Someone comes along and says, you know, I pray Satan be loose. Have you ever heard someone pray, I pray Satan, loose Satan, lay him up. I'm try, not trying to be sacrilegious, but how, that doesn't sound even normal. Loose Satan, he's already loose. He's the prince of the power of the air. And you think that our prayers, now God can do it if he wants to. God has let him somewhat of a free reign, give him a pretty long leash right now. I'm telling you, you can't do it. It's not, he's not given that to us to do. But pastor, in the book of Acts, yes, there were apostolic men who had apostolic gifts who cast them out, and that was a miracle. The same ones raised the dead a couple times. The same ones healed them this, that, and the other. The ones that are cast, I never see the ones binding Satan also truly, if I could, I know some of you are sitting in pain right now. I would put my hand on you. If I could do that, I would do it the heartbeat. Your sickness, your illness is back here. All these things. I'm, my son's had headaches for 25 years. 25 years. If I could, I would, in a moment's time, if I had that. Do you see? It's not a legitimate thing. And I, I know they, they mean well. But I'm telling you, you've gotten off, you've gotten off the, the, the kilter there. It's, it's not required by, by the Bible. It doesn't tell us to do it one time. In a book called The Bondage Breaker, the author Neil Anderson, who is one of the most well-known uh, people of spiritual warfare in America, said, We agree that every evil spirit that is in or around so-and-so be bound to silence. They cannot inflict any pain, speak to so-and-so's mind, or prevent name from he- so-and-so from hearing, seeing, or speaking. Now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you, Satan, and all your hosts to release so-and-so and and remain bound and gagged so that so-and-so will be able to obey God. I'm telling you, the power of God when someone receives Christ as personal Savior, you you don't have to cast out a demon for someone to be saved. The power is in the Word of God. So when a person receives Christ as Savior, the Spirit comes in and out goes... Someone else, the evil, if there's an evil spirit in there. But Jesus, Pastor, but Jesus, he, 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 Jesus did, yes. He told them to get up. Don't throw us into the abyss before our time. Just send us into the pigs. Okay, you make, he allowed them to go, and they went. And what did the pigs do? All the way down to them. That's why it's believed that Galilee is a demon-haunted lake. Or 2,000 of the demons that went into the lake. They're drowned. So when we stray from the clear teaching of God's word, we're going to find ourselves in a, 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 just some difficult places. Right to our text. Number two. 
to the Bible, please. We're going to go to the Bible most of the time, the rest of the time, Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. This is a terrible thing that they do. I'm just going to start reading at 22 to get the context, if you would there, please. A pretext. Uh, I can't remember. Never mind. I, can't, I can't think of that quote. Uh, then was brought to, unto him one, I'm on 22 of Matthew 12. Uh, possessed the devil, dumb and blind, and he healed him. And as much the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And the people were amazed and said, Is this not the son of David? And when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. What a terrible thing to say. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every house or city divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided. What's our motto in the Commonwealth of Kentucky? United we stand, divided we fall. He's divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or how else can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first... Bind the strong man, and then he'll be able to spoil his house. Oh, there it was. There it was right there. That's our key teaching there. The Satan's a strong man, and sinners are his possession. And in order to rescue our loved ones from his grasp, we've got to bind Satan so that he cannot resist the effort to plunder his house. Is Jesus talking about spiritual warfare? No. He's proving historical fact, historically, that his power is greater than the devil's. And so they're starting to wonder, the people are, is this really the son of God? And the, and the Pharisees, oh, we can't allow him to do that. So the only other supernatural power they could come up with was Satan. So he's not casting out by the power of God. He's casting out demons by uh, Beelzebub. Well, that just doesn't make sense. Because Beelzebub and demon are on the same team. So why would he be, if he's doing that, why are going to house divide? It's not going to work that way. So he says, or else how can he want to enter into the strong man's house and spoil his good, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. So it is not about spiritual warfare. It is not a permission for us to start trying to bind Satan or demons. People were amazed. 24, the Pharisees attributed by the spirit of, of the devil, really. And 26, if Satan cast out Satan. Now, question number two, what is the primary question answered here is, why would Satan fight against himself by empowering Christ to wage war against him? Satan's not going to give Christ the power to wage war against his own, his own emissaries? That just doesn't make common sense. He knew their thoughts and answered the question, Satan is outdone by the master. He is the strong man, yes, but the binding is an analogy to show Christ's strength over Satan, not a command or example that we are to follow. He was not instructing us about how to handle Satan. He was refuting the claim that his power came from the devil. He is the only one. He has not given us the need, necessity, or really the ability, if you want to say it carefully there, the ability to cast out, bind Satan. We're not to do that. He is the one that has chosen to do that. He will one day. Central, right in page two. 
By whose power did Christ perform his miracles? That is the question. Gods or Jesus? Simple analogy. Satan's not going to ransack his own kingdom. So he was doing it by the power of God. Wonderful truth. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, it's interesting. Chapter 5, verse 9, it says for us here, 1 Peter 5. Now we know verse 8. I'll read 8 to set the context. Because the text without the context is a pretext. There we go. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walking about, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. And we have the armor, we are to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about. So endeavoring to stand, wherewithal we are to stand. We have but one offensive weapon, and it is the word of God. We are not to go out and find and have some deliverance meeting service, service where ministry service, where we have people come in who may well be demon-possessed, but that's not, that's not what God has called us to do. The power is in the gospel. Do we see that? You don't need to cast a demon out of someone just so they can hear the, the gospel's the only power that will do anything like that. It's not given to us to do. All right, uh, real briefly, in 1619. Uh, 1619 of Matthew... 1619, Matthew. Matthew presents Jesus as the what? What's his thing? Jesus is presented as the what in Matthew? Presented as the king in Matthew, the son of man, the son of God. And Luke is the servant. Matthew is, Mark is the servant. Luke is the son of man. Christ is the king in Matthew, and he is the son of God in John. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And I will give unto thee, Peter, the keys of the heaven, kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever shall be bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever shall be, shall loot, thou, shalt thou loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, that, oh, but there we are. Preacher, right? There it is right there by it. So advocates of this methodology wrongly say that Christ is given instructions how to build the church. Now, he, is, he did say... To Peter and 16, or 17, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. For I say unto thee, thou art, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, Gibraltar himself, I will build my church. He is building the church. We as the pastors are just under shepherds, under him. It is his church. He is going to build it. He did not give Peter, and by the way, all other apostles want the ability to declare someone's sins forgiven. What they are, what this, the, the context, and if I think I put it in your outline, maybe I did. Yes, here we go. Uh, the key to the passage is the terms bind and loose. Middle of page two, I think, bottom page two, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, that was the phrase used in Christ's day by Israel's religious leaders regarding what was forbidden, bound, and what was permitted, loosed. These words need to be understood in the first century Jewish context in which they were spoken. This meant something to Peter and the original readers that had nothing to do with hindering or limiting Satan's activity through some magical formula uttered in prayer. And the context, uh, I gave, also gave you from the Theological Dictionary of the, of the New Testament, but I also like uh, the rendering, uh, help us to understand, it's the, it's the future perfect indicative, a state of completion. So... 
help us understand rendering. Whatever you bind on earth is that which shall already have been bound in the heavens, and whatever you loose on earth is that which shall already have been loosed in the heavens. So when we say to someone, repent and be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you, in genuine faith and repentance of your sin, and acknowledge that and ask Christ to save you based upon the word of God, I can tell you you're saved. If you do it genuinely, for whosoever shall call, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So that's what it's saying there. It's not saying that somehow Mr. Womack and I can go traveling and have a, a, a traveling team where we can somehow forgive somebody's sin and say, oh, we, we're going to be in heaven. Or gonna, that's not it at all. It's, we are agreeing with what's already been decided in heaven. He's not giving us the permission. Spiritual warfare is not even here. You see, he's not binding Satan. He's just saying, what you have as a church has already been approved of and agrees with what God has decided from his word. So question number three, absolutely not. Doesn't support the Peter as the first pope. Question number three, or part number three, Matthew 18, 18. Same thing, really. is given the church when it acts in a disciplinary matter. Uh, it is called whatever you would call excommunication or church discipline. You are doing what God has, if you follow what God has said, you are doing what God has already decided in heaven or the principles to follow. It's not saying in 1818, whatsoever you shall bind in earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose in earth shall be loosed in heaven. Well, you, we can't forgive sin. We're not given that. I would not want that, but I would not want that responsibility to forgive someone's sin. Other than someone who would do something against me, forgive them for that, yes. Problems. Here we go. Real briefly, if you just jot that, sort of put your mind, wrap it around now, there's some five problems. First of all, number one, the bottom of three, spiritual warfare teachers who are advocating binding Satan based upon these passages utter nary a word about loosing part of the verses. We just talked about that earlier. Bind Satan, but nothing about loose. I like what uh, Pastor Osman said. I've heard many Christians pray this for Satan's binding, but I've never heard one pray, I loose thee, Satan, in the name and blood of Jesus Christ, so you can return to your normal activities of deception and destruction. I don't do that. Secondly, there's no single example anywhere in the Bible where an apostle or a prophet bound Satan. You never hear Jesus' words while you're bound. No, he released people from demonic possession. I'm thinking, did they always, I don't think they always came to know Christ as Savior. I don't think they always did. The demonic act of Gadara, absolutely. They were back, by the way, there were actually two, if you remember the story. There were two in the tombs, not just one. The one we know received Christ was, was forgiven, and because he, he went out and what, told all of the copolis, those ten cities, all right, what Christ has done for me. So, but that's, we don't see that. You know, you'd think also that if it was in something the church is supposed to do, it would be clearly said for us in the epistles that we're supposed to part of our ministry now is going to be doing that. Thirdly, uh, Scripture describes Satan as walking about as a roaring lion, not bound by believers. Do we ever see that Satan is bound because of the prayers of the saints? No, we don't. We don't. Fourthly, the only time Scripture says Satan is bound is during the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. After this present age, after the tribulation, Revelation 20, let's just read those verses. We got, we got time, we got two minutes. Revelation chapter 20, the first three verses. 
Revelation 20, Armageddon has just happened. The beast and false prophet are away with them. Where are the beast and false prophet at the end of 19? Where do they go? The beast and the false prophet. Satan goes to the bottom of his pit. Beast and false prophet go to the lake of fire. First two, everybody go to there. Because it says they're going to be cast where the beast and false prophet already are a thousand years later. Maybe one and the same. Bottomless pit. We find that Satan's there. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed for a little season. It has boggled my mind how people during the millennium can reject Christ as Savior, but many will do. And he'll have a big crowd at the end of the thousand years to follow him. And finally, this practice does not pass the common sense test. For instance, how long does the binding last? If the binding is effective, honestly, if the binding, so much has been prayed about the binding of Satan, if it was truly effective, we would have, a, he would be doing nothing but being bound. And it's, you just think about it logically. And is Satan everywhere? No. He is confined to one spatial place. He can't read the minds. Now, he does have his henchmen. He does have, I think, obviously, demons do dwell, indwell human beings. But it just doesn't pass so many tests. Apparently, the binding is not permanent because it has to be done over and over and over. For as much as Satan is bound, it seems awfully productive and active. Is someone then loosing him? The question is, if so, we should just bind all the demons and Satan for everything, everyone, everywhere, and every event. If it truly worked, we could do it right now. Till Satan is to work gone and out of here and he has no more control. If it was really real, then we could do that. And we do it. Can you imagine Satan and all his minions not having all things they're doing now? That would be a great thing. To even begin to answer any of these questions, we have to go outside of Scripture. So the Bible does not teach ending or ending or mo model or use of carnal weapons at all. It's unproven and dangerous an assumption that extra biblical practices can be used to wage effective spiritual warfare. Effective spiritual warfare. Let your mind meditate upon the Word of God. It is what is the power. Word power. And let us not get sidetracked by. Things that are just outside the scope of Scripture. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word, the clarity of your word. May we read it and understand and give us wisdom. Lord, I, I don't want to be ugly about it or distracting, or but Lord, we just need to know what the truth is so we, in love and graciousness, can help people understand. That's why we're even covering this, so that we understand According to God's word, it's outside the scope of what God has assigned for the church to do. So Lord, may we in love have opportunities. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities past yesterday. What a wonderful class we had. And so Lord, thank you for that. Lord, help us all to have opportunities to share this good news with others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.